Welcome to the Rob and Kale Podcast. Rob Sanders. Some would be entertained by it. Some would be horrified by Kale it. Kale Carolina Jackpot Hall. All would be interested in it. The Rob and Kale Podcast. We are going to talk about the state of the SEC, where the teams actually are, how people, uh, how how you look at them as programs. We're going to get into that tonight. Uh, my co-host is the best damn game you, Gamecock YouTuber on the planet. He is Mr. Carolina Jackpot, Kale Hall. Kale, what's up, buddy? Not much. How's everybody doing this evening? Good to see you over in the comment section. Um, Looking forward, guys. Jam-packed show this evening. We got some cool stuff we're going to get into, and um, we'll uh, we'll get to that shortly. Let's thank our sponsors first. Uh, Dennis Wilson from DNC Trucking and Transport we'll get to in a moment. Don't forget Callaway's Bar and Grill. Callaway'sBarAndGrill.com, retro video games, the best place to watch your favorite sporting events. Also, really, really great chicken wings. Callaway's Bar and Grill, Callaway'sBarandGrill.com. That, of course, is in uh, West Columbia. Go by and check that out. Highway 1 in uh, West Columbia. Diagonal from the Walmart. Diagonal from the Walmart, exactly. All right, Jackpot, we also have uh, DNC Trucking and Transport, uh, Fireside Chats with Uncle Jackpot. Uh, by the way, shout out to Big Barney Ross. I'm sure he will be sending me something to read here momentarily as uh, he sent some money to help out the uh, the young folks that are trying to find Jesus in Tennessee. And, uh, I'm not mocking. They're going to a, a Christian leadership conference in Tennessee, and it's some folks that are, our sponsor, Dennis Wilson, is trying to help. Big Barney Ross said, you know what? Let me send them some of this bourbon money. And that's what he did. And uh, I will be reading something that he's going to uh, come up with at some point. You know, we'll give him to the end of football season. So whatever you got there, Big Barney Ross, you send it my way and I will read it as a uh, as a thank you for helping out uh, Dennis Wilson and uh, the young folks from uh, Swansea that are are trying to get right with the Lord, I guess is the best way to put it. But tonight we have a fireside chat with Uncle Jackpot. Jackpot, read away. Sucks to be a Gamecock when the ceiling for your program is eight wins and women's basketball is more important than football. You truly know that. Sucks to be a Gamecock. Go Tiger. Message courtesy of Dennis Wilson, DNC Trucking and Transport. Thanks a lot. We we appreciate you uh, checking out the – uh, the program and uh, sponsoring the program means a lot to us. Uh, Brock wants to know if it's flooding where I am. It's flooding in Lexington, which is not far from me. You know, it's been flooding in some spots, but it's kind of hit and miss, to be honest with you. I'm sure that Five Points is flooded. You yeah, sneeze. I bet some of those, um, I bet some of those Gamecock uh, lady basketballers could uh, play special teams better than Antonio Williams. What you think? Best I could catch the ball. I think Don Staley is a better coach than Shane Beamer. You want to go there? Yeah. I didn't yeah. think so. Didn't think yeah. so. I think so. That would mean she's a better coach than Dabo, too, right? Since Shane Beamer mm-hmm. beat him. 
they, they, they can sit around and talk about national championships. Shane Beamer can't do that. Shane Beamer will probably never be able to do that. Shane Beamer was part of national championship programs. Was he a head, was he a head coach? No, thank Doesn't you. Doesn't matter. He was part of the program. Okay, that's fine. You can be part of a program, but that doesn't mean you're the head coach. You'd be a straight bitch on the sidelines and win a, win a national championship ring. That's how Lane Kiffin got one. Right. Bitches on the sidelines are the ones who put in the work. They're mm. the ones who, who put the cement between the building blocks. Okay, well, under that logic, what do you think of the people that uh, are on the sidelines for you? On the sidelines for me? Yeah, the ones that are putting in the work, your offensive and defensive coordinator. Because I can go back to November where you were talking about your defensive coordinator basically needing the, some of the wool pulled out from underneath his carpet. And? And? Never okay. said I didn't. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, tonight, the state of the SEC East going into the <laughs> we're going to have the SEC East when the play is going to go away, Jack. I thought we'd take a snapshot at where these programs are right now. And as far as uh, we, I took a window, I went back to 2010 and, uh, I pulled a couple of things, Jackpot, and I wanted to go over some of these. And it tells you where certain programs are as uh, we head into the final season of SEC East play. The stats I'm going to give you. This is, are, the, this is the end of an era. It is It is the end of an era. And that, that's why it, it's interesting to look at these things. And, and it tells you, it gives you a snapshot of where these programs actually are as far as what they've done since, you know, 2010. And so we've got overall record, record in conference, record in bowl games, even though bowl games don't matter. Um, the number of active players they have in the NFL as of right now. And then this is where it gets interesting, Jackpot. I pulled the records of everyone in the East and then their records against the, the teams that, that they play in the East. So to give you an example, I think if we're rating teams, it's kind of hard to put Vanderbilt any, any higher than seventh. Vanderbilt's won 60 games, lost 98 overall, 24 and 81 in conference play, two and three in bowl games. They have 16 mm -hmm. active players in the NFL as of right now. But here's the interesting thing with Vanderbilt – they have a losing record to everyone in the division, including a two and ten mark to Georgia. South Carolina is perfect in this uh, in this window uh, since 2010 against Vanderbilt. I, I I know that you guys had a hell of a streak, but you guys have owned the Commodores. I mean, hell, they have yeah, twelve and zero in this set. Uh, three and eight against Mizzou. Two and ten against Florida. Two and ten against Georgia. Five and seven against Kentucky. Uh, they've kind of they've kind of played the Wildcats even. That's pretty interesting. But I mean I, I think you and I both would agree they they should be seventh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the next team I have up on the list is uh the Kentucky Wildcats. You know okay. when you look at it jackpot they're they're only one game under five hundred in in that uh in that span from twenty ten. 
they are a, I mean, just an average, average across the board team. Would you agree? Um, they they started off that uh, that um period of time you're talking about there is a pretty um pretty mediocre team or below average. Uh, they've had some they've had some good seasons. They had some eight, nine, ten win seasons, right? Right. Yeah, they have. They had the yeah, <clears throat> they are. 36 and 70 in conference games, four and four in bowl games, 31 active NFL players as of, um, as of this morning, uh, or, you know, they where players are on rosters, et cetera. Um, they're seven and five against Vanderbilt, eight and five against South Carolina. That's one of those anomalies, right? Would you agree? I don't know. That's an anomaly. It's just, I mean, we don't play well against them as a rule. Uh, Georgia has a 12 and 0 mark against them. That's interesting too. Um, Mizzou, they're seven and four against Mizzou, by uh, three and ten against Florida, and three and ten against Tennessee. They they just don't play well against those two teams at all. Well, no, well, I mean, Florida owned them for uh, like I don't know. They've beaten them like one time since like 1984. At one yeah. point, and I think Kentucky's won like two of the last three against Florida, or three of the last four, or something like that. Um, right. So yeah, yeah. No, they don't. They don't play. They don't play particularly well against Tennessee most times either. Even when Tennessee has teams that are dog shit, um, Kentucky barely finds a way to beat them or loses to them. Yeah, I think the year they they won ten games, they lost to Tennessee, and Tennessee they wasn't- did. Wasn't really that good that year. Uh, next up is Mizzou. Uh, since 2010, they have two SEC East titles. They're 93 and 71 overall, 52 and 55 in conference play, three and five in bowl games, 22 active NFL players. Here's where it gets interesting. They have issues with Kentucky. They're four and seven. I didn't know that. Um, and they're eight and three against Vanderbilt, six and five against South Carolina, five and six against Florida. One and ten against Georgia, and five and six against Tennessee. So mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're kind of a middle of the road program, even though they're they've won two conference titles and they have a twenty two game uh or twenty two games over five hundred overall. But, but Mizzou doesn't get a lot of respect because people just think, oh, to hell with it, they're Mizzou. But twenty two games over five hundred in that period, jackpot. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are mostly non-conference wins, but their their non-conference schedule is really soft most years. They've got they've got fifty-two conference wins in that time period, so fifty-two yeah. of the ninety-three. So I mean, it's eh, interesting to say the least. All right, so let's look at South Carolina. In addition to one SEC East title, the Gamecocks are twenty-five games over five hundred, uh, ninety-five and seventy. 51 and 55 in conference play. So essentially uh, about the same record that Mizzou has. In addition to well, that. Well, since 2010, how yep. Mizzou and South Carolina have, I mean, South Carolina definitely has to have more conference wins than Mizzou. Because you got. No, no. I, I just did just conference wins. So it was with whatever conference they were in, because it was only a year, a year period there. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
six and four in bowl games, 34. Did you know you had 34 active players in the NFL? Yeah, that sounds about right. In addition to Stefan Gilmore and all those guys. Um, I mean, I, I didn't realize the Gamecocks had that many guys still on NFL rosters, so pretty interesting. Um, the Gamecocks are five and eight against Georgia. There are not very many teams that have that good of a record. We'll get to the Bulldogs in a minute, so that'll be interesting too. Uh, let's see here. They also are twelve and zero against Vanderbilt, five and six against Mizzou, five and eight against Kentucky, six and seven against Florida. I, I didn't. I thought that for for some reason, maybe my brain was kicked back a little bit. But the Gamecocks have essentially played the Gators even, so yeah. pretty interesting. And then seven six against uh, Tennessee. Um, next up is the Florida Gators, three SEC East titles, one hundred and one and sixty four overall, sixteen games over five hundred in conference play, sixty one and forty five, six and five in bowl games, fifty two active NFL players. They have a winning record against everyone in the East except for the Georgia Bulldogs, who they're five and eight against. Um, seven and six against the Gamecocks, six and five against Mizzou, ten and three against Kentucky, ten and two against Vanderbilt, and eleven and two against uh, Tennessee. When you look at that, Florida, you can make an argument is is the you'd have to give them the number two overall spot, I would think, or close to it. Um, yeah. but a couple of bad years there too, though. So, yeah, they did. Um, Tennessee didn't have a very good set there. They are uh, 84 and 77 overall, uh, 39 and 67 in conference play, five and two in bowl games, 36 active NFL players right now. Uh, they're two and 11 against Florida, six and seven against the Gamecocks, six and five against Mizzou, seven and five against Vanderbilt, two and 11 against Georgia. And uh, ten and three against the Kentucky Wildcats. You know, Tennessee's had a flat decade. That's kind of hard to, uh, you know, just taken from this snapshot. It just hasn't been the best decade there for the Vols. No, the the, the previous decade was definitely uh, much rosier. Yeah. So now. Listen to this set for the Georgia Bulldogs. I didn't realize this. Uh, some of the numbers are interesting. Over this uh, period, they have uh, two national titles, seven SEC East titles, two SEC titles. They're 11-5 and five in bowl games. They currently have 62 active NFL players on the, uh, on the rosters as of right now. They're 137 and 39 overall, 81 and 24 in conference play. Their records against everyone, I mean, double digits in that time period against Tennessee, Mizzou, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. The mm -hmm. only teams that have played the Georgia Bulldogs tough are the Florida Gators. And I say tough, they're still eight and five against them and the South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, when you really stop and just look at, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at that stuff tonight, jackpot. And if we just look at that time period, I think you go with Florida, excuse me, Georgia at one and Florida at two. If we were ranking them out, you can make an argument that South Carolina should be at number three, right? Yeah. And it's not really, 
Yeah, I'm definitely say so. That overall record, um, overall record counts. Now, I mean, that was bolstered a lot by the 2011 through 13 um, seasons, but still, uh, that was part of that uh, that decade you're talking about there. So, yeah, I just think over the past, you know, since 2010, and we can go back further if you want, but South Carolina has been the number three program in the East. And the numbers, the numbers are right there. Now, Missouri could come at you and say, you know what? Uh, we, we've got 22. Uh, we got all these conference wins and everything else. And we've got the winning record against South Carolina. Why are we not in the mix? You know, I think it's because I think Mizzou had, when I was looking at the numbers, they've had more losing seasons in that past, in that time period than South Carolina had as far as in conference play. But Mizzou can make an argument that they're right there too. Yep, yes, they definitely could. So, anyway, I just thought that was some interesting stuff uh, this evening. Now, heading into the final season of SEC East play, um, you know, the only teams that have not won a conference title or have not won a division title are Vanderbilt, um, and Kentucky, if yeah. I remember, I don't think that's going to happen. Think, I don't think they're going to win one this year either. So <laughs> neither one of them. So mm. Christian says, uh, "Jackpot." Uh, what do you think of no divisions next year? And Rob, what do you think of no divisions in the ACC? Well, I, I, I'm a little bit different on some of this stuff. I'm at the point now where I don't see the point in playing a, um, a a conference title game. Why bother? Why why send your team out there? Because it's all it's all going to be, hey, we need to uh, win, get, get in the CFP and all that stuff. Why damage your your chance for one of your better teams to ding themselves before going out and playing uh, in the CFP? But as far as divisions go, I mean, eh. At this point, I I like the I, I I don't like the way some of these um some of these games that we've had forever are going to go away, but that's also one of the things that we're just going to have to deal with. There's not much you can do about it, you know. I, I'm I'm kind of glad to see them gone. Um, you know, you're in you're in a particular conference. You should play all the teams in that conference on a regular basis. Yeah, well, and, you know, what was it like? We can use South Carolina and Alabama as an example. I think up until, like, what, three or four years ago, South Carolina had they, they, the way the, the schedule rotated. They didn't see Alabama for, like, 12 years or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Some ridiculous number. So, uh, you know. Uh, nine seasons. Uh, yeah. From 2010 and, and played them again in 2019. <clears throat> But it was, you know, it, it it got to a point where, hey, maybe they should rotate onto the schedule. But I'm with you on that. I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, everybody should play everybody. But keep that core set of rivalries there. But uh, and then, but then, you know, I don't know. Then they're pissing on it by bringing in, you know, new teams that have no no real allegiance to the conference. They're just there because they're whores. It's basically what they are. Texas and, and Oklahoma are just whores. They're just wanting to go over there and let the SEC fuck them for money. 
so they can get into that that section of the country. It's just the way that it is. Same thing with the teams from out west. They're going to play in the Big Ten. You're just whores. That's <laughs> just like what Texas it is. Hey, adult film stars. Yeah. I think Texas can be Dirk Diggler, and Oklahoma can be the chick from Debbie Does Dallas. There you Dolph go. Dolph Diggler? Yeah, Dolph, Dolph Diggler or Dirk Diggler or whatever from Boogie Nights. Oh. That's what I think, that's what I think that they are. Just whores. That's kind of a weird way of looking at it. <laughs> All right, Jackpot, you want to bring some folks in here? Maybe they'll uh they'd like to uh get into the mix here. Sure. There in the uh comment section, you would like to join the show. Um, of course, it's right there for you. If you want to talk about um I was gonna get Big Barney Ross some shit because his Cincinnati Reds, who he said on this program, they were on track to lose 100 games. They won like 10 games straight. They're, they're looking like Reds in second place, I think. Yeah, they they uh they didn't spend a tenth of what the New York Mets spent, and those assholes are going to finish third in the East. Yeah, so, I was a little bit last night. I was a little bit perturbed because uh, I saw the that line of Braves were were on TBS against the Phillies, and I was like, oh, cool. Because you know, I can't. I don't watch the Braves anymore because I can't. Because it's it streams on some damn I don't know some uh, service that I don't have, and I'm not paying for it just for that. Um, so those people are killing baseball, by the way, uh, with that garbage. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. And I, I I clicked on it to watch it, and it says. This program is not available in your area. The, the game is being played in Philadelphia. I mean, why, what the what the hell? I, I uh, that is one of the stupidest things ever, and they're that's something that MLB is going to have to uh, get themselves and fix that. I mean, I don't understand. Like they do, like they black out games too. For you shouldn't black out games at all. I mean, to be completely honest, what a, what a mess that is. I, I mean, you don't have access to that anywhere you go. It's a mess. All right, that uh, link is in the description here in the chat room if you want to get involved. There you Your go. mic is breaking up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I think that, um, I think that uh, the link is right there. Um, <laughs> Brock's hilarious. Elijah, it's a comment about. Let's see, what does Elijah say here? Uh, he says, You can say what you will about Hypel, Danny White, and Tennessee in general, but the University of Tennessee athletic programs are finally headed in the right direction, and that makes my heart happy. Well, good for you, sir. I'm glad well, it's always I'm, good to have a nice, healthy heart. You know, you can yeah. get that by eating enough fiber and all the other stuff too. But, but the, the, the balls, the baseball team uh, making it to the College World Series, that, that'll do it too. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the link is in the description. Here's in the chat room if you want to get involved with the program. The year where the only thing that people are watching is. Uh, 
the, making sure that nobody gets arrested. That's what the coaches are worried about at this point. Uh, getting arrest records and, and recruiting. That's kind of where everybody's at right now as far as yeah, know, the way things are going. You're just hoping that none of your guys leave the transfer portal and nobody uh, nobody gets arrested. It's kind of where we are. What I saw with uh, Florida – Florida's the, the the seventh grader or whatever that they had committed that uh, reclassified right. up a couple of classes. Now he he, he committed to Ole Miss. Is that what's going on with that? Yeah, so I don't know if it was that guy or I can't remember. Yeah, he, he did recommit or re redesignate as far as his class goes, but uh, – then it's like, hey, I'm not going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to Ole Miss. Do you ever think we'd have a day where it's like, you know what? Uh, Big time quarterback says, I don't want to go to Florida. I'd rather go to Ole Piss. Things change, right? Well, I mean, he wants to be developed offensively. And I guess he feels like he can't get that at Florida. I mean, given their recent results, I mean, I can see why. I don't know how they're recruiting at the level they are right now. That's mind blowing to me. Where where it seems like Florida has jumped up and gotten some players there. They've moved up in the rankings, but you know, a lot of it a lot of it comes back down to and once again, there is a uh you gotta wait until they sign. Right now really doesn't mean as much, but the uh, the Gators have made some moves there on the uh, on the recruiting trail, and I think that you know Napier's been. I th- I mean, I figured that he would recruit. I still have questions about the whether whether or not the guy can coach or not. I mean, I I don't think he's the best X's and O's guy, but once again, we shall see. We shall see. No, I don't. I got some reservations about him. Were you one of the guys but when you were hoping that he would come to South Carolina? I mean, I know I know that the comrade was big on Napier Ball and, oh, it's Billy Ball and all that shit. Billy was, Ball. Yeah, he was all – the comrade was all jacked up about that. I, you know, I think that I, – I think that it was just a, a, a thing that Will Muschamp was so terrible and everyone was just so relieved to get rid of him and – um you know, get a coaching search underway that we were just ready to, uh, you know, we're ready to just drop our drawers for the first thing that, uh, that walked through the door. And yeah, thank goodness. Brock says, hopefully Brock says, hopefully none of our players of South Carolina sit in their car outside their girlfriend's apartment with a gun in their lap. Hey, if that happens, they got plenty of room for him down there at the university of Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jerry says jackpot wanted Sonny Dykes. Did you want Sonny Dykes? Who? Jerry says says you wanted Sonny Dykes. Did you want Sonny Dykes? I don't think I I even knew who that was at the time. I don't think jackpot knows who Sonny Dykes is now. I'm picking Dykes. I know Sonny Dykes is, you goof. I know that, but I'm just saying. I don't think I don't think I ever heard you say Sonny Dyke's name ever. So oh, I don't, I don't know. think. Have you ever heard me even mention his name? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't you, think you, there's ever left these lips, and it still happened. Still hasn't. Uh, let's see here. Christian says, 
as a Clemson fan, Rob, are you who are y'all losing to on the schedule beside Boston College that you usually play in the ACC? Um, you know, I don't think Clemson's losing to Boston College, sir. Um, slow down with all of that. I think that the the game to watch on the Clemson schedule as far as teams they're going to play that actually have some talent, uh, the Notre Dame matchup, November the 4th, I mean, that should be interesting. Uh, I, I think they're going to blow Florida State out. I don't think Florida State is that good at all, in my opinion. I think that that'll be the – That'll be the moment where, you know, they have like ESPN has decision Saturday and all that shit. I, I, I'm in the camp of, uh, they're going to, they're going to, they're just going to stomp on the teeth of that, of the Seminoles, in my opinion. So it could very well be, be that. Um, yeah. It could very well be a, 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 what I call a little old Clemson uh, finish. Um, where where they feel disrespected, you know, we got we're mad because nobody respects us, so we're gonna step on their net. It's happened before. Um, you saw it uh, a few years ago uh, after you lost at home to Pitt. Uh, the next week they went out and had a little low Clemson performance against Wake Forest or somebody like that. So yeah, somebody's gonna feel the pain. Uh, Christian says, I didn't say lose a game to Boston. I said, who are you losing on the schedule that you guys won't play? In? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I understand. Um, Louisville is the other team that, uh, Clemson will not play. So there's that. Um, I think that, uh, just looking at the Clemson schedule, it's like, I think it's Notre Dame. And then after Notre Dame, it's a steep drop off in my opinion. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how the season goes because things can change. Well, you really know game NC State's always kind of tough. Yeah, okay. So, well, I mean, you lost the last time you went there. So, I mean, yeah. okay. So, yeah. under that logic, we can say that going to Mizzou is tough, even though you're a much better team than Mizzou and you went up there and lost the last time you played there. Same theory, right? I'm not trying to ruffle I wasn't trying to ruffle your jimmies either. That was, the Mizzou thing really pisses you off. The is is it worse to lose to Mizzou or Kentucky in your opinion? Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the Kentucky one really I think it's because you guys have owned them for so long. And it was like, and I remember like uh, a couple of years when Spurrier was there, y'all won like one of the Connor Shaw years, you won like 55 to three or some ridiculous thing. And mm-hmm. they were just happy to get out of there kicking a field goal or some shit. Yeah. And y'all just blew them the hell out. So bent them over. I think that was Dylan Thompson that actually played in that game. I think yeah, Connor Shaw right. was injured. You're, you're probably right. But I mean, it was, I can just remember like, Kentucky was just an afterthought. And then they had that that streak when they won like five in a row against you guys. And it was like, eh. You know? Yeah, that was that was terrible. Just, just not very good at all. Kevin has, has has Kentucky ever won the East? No. No. 
No, two teams have not played the East in the uh, SEC championship game. That would be the Vanderbilt Commodores and the Kentucky Wildcats. So there's that. The final season of uh, the SEC East as we know it. Oh, man. All right, who's going to join us this evening? Link is in the description there if you'd like to uh, to get on the program. As always, uh, you guys are always welcome to, to join in. We could talk about that. We could talk about um, we're, we're like, what, a month away from um, SEC Media Days and all that jackpot yep. where the big part of talking season is uh, is about to hit hit um, hit hit us in the face. I mean, it's not that far off, you know? Definitely not. Definitely is not. So it's 66 days away. There you go. 66 days away, Jack Potter. Yeah, a lot of games. I was uh, looking at some kind of breakdown this evening. There's a lot of games on that Thursday night, um, the 31st of August. Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska, Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota. Actually, got a little, little talks about Mizzou. You got a little Mizzou versus South Dakota. And then the big one that night is uh, uh, Sunbelt Billy taking uh, the Gators on the road to play the Utah Utes. That's on a Thursday night. Yep. Damn, that's like that's that's one of the bigger games of the week, right there, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Without question. There's a there's a there's a, a section of folks that as long as uh, you know, there's going to be people that are going to pick at Clemson regardless. But I do think it's interesting that there is a, it's 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 one of those. I don't know how to put it. It's like um. It's a segment that's like, you know, Clemson's got to open up at Duke. They're going to roll into Duke, and they, you know, Duke could catch them sleeping. What a crock of shit that is. I think I think it'll be a close game because, you know, first game of the season, et cetera, but Clemson's going to win that game by 12 to 14 points. Just crush the hearts of just about everyone. I don't, I don't see that as like, I don't know, what a mess. People just, you know, they're they're so butthurt I mean, and they want to road against defending military bowl champs when they're returning a little, most of their production and just take some cheap, easy victory. It just doesn't happen. So we, we can put you on the record that Duke will cover. You want to go ahead and go on the record now? What's the what's the line in that game? I don't know. I mean, uh, you're confident. I I'll take I, I have no clue what it is, but I'll take Clemson to cover. Right now, whatever it is, whatever no, the line ends, just that confident. Yeah, I, think Duke, I think Duke covers that. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know I think Garrett Riley. Uh, I think the new the new uh, the new uh, the new high flying frisbees catching dogs offense. You know, lot of receivers jumping out of tall buildings for Clemson to catch a pass. Uh, it's probably going to sputter a little bit in game one on the road. And, uh, you know, it's got a loud environment, um, you know, pretty hostile crowd there. It's a hostile environment. Um, yeah, so yeah. Duke is getting, Duke is getting 12 points at home. The over under is at 56, according to uh, action network. No, but, yeah, uh, smart money says to uh, lay that with the uh, blue devils. Hmm. We'll have to see how how that works out. I I I think 
games are won in the trenches, and Duke doesn't have it in the trenches. So I mean, in the first half, I, pre- I predict in the first half of that game at halftime, Clemson fans are going to be wondering if Brandon Streeter is still calling plays. Man, you can hope against hope, right? Just tell, uh, just saying. I have a feeling that 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 they're um, telling you going to be slow out of the fence. Hey, can I? I, uh, I was talking with Twisted Rooster the other day about this, and I wanted to throw it to you and see what you thought, Mister Twisted Rooster, the other day. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, you did a show with him last night. I did, and I, I was actually Monday, but. He, uh, something that's been bugging me a little bit is I, I think we may have talked about this for a moment, but you know, regardless of what you think of Spencer Rattler, it's kind of hard to sit here and think, all right, why is it that there's so many quarterbacks that people are just throwing all this, this great praise upon when he is the, um, the guy that returns in the East that that's had the most yardage last season, um, only behind uh, Will Rogers at Mississippi State. I mean, number two in the conference. You get all this quarterback talk around the conference, and everybody wants to tell you how great the Georgia quarterback is and how great the young man is at Tennessee. And I mean, all those guys, they're not a proven entity yet. I mean, Spencer Rattler's been through the SEC schedule and put up numbers. Second, you know, second highest as far as uh, yards coming into this season. But it's like no one gives a shit, Jackpot. Why no love for your quarterback? I I don't know. I think that just looked at his uh, results from early in the season, and uh, he was just solely judged on that. It's fine. All right, let's welcome, uh, let's see here, Christopher into the show. Christopher, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, go ahead. So if I was good, say I did something, we'll say 11 times really bad, but I did something once really good, would you think I was really bad at that or really good at it? Depends on what you're talking about. What do you, what do you, what do you get? Uh, let's say playing quarterback. Let's say I was, I threw like a pick per game in the other 12 games, but I had one game where I was really, really good. Would you think I was a interception risk or would you think I was a good quarterback? I would think that if you're a returning quarterback and you're second in the SEC that everyone loves so much, you should get a little more love than second. Know, what yard? I mean, yards. He's, he's, he's first in returning and interceptions, so we'll give him that. We'll... Brett Brett Favre threw a thousand interceptions, and he's a Hall of Famer. What's your point? Yeah, but he threw. I mean, if he threw, oh, sorry, you have man, twelve no. interceptions and seventeen mm-hmm. touchdowns. That's not a good I, INT to TD rate. Period. Okay, but I mean, so I mean, do not mean anything. I got you. Seven, you think 17 TDs in 13 games is like some great rate? No. I'm just saying as far as, as far as returning production, he should be getting a little more love than what he's getting. I mean, he'll, uh, he was like 13 all SEC, wasn't he? Preseason and like Lindy's and shit. Mm. 
Well, but when they have the SEC media days next week, he'll probably – I'd be surprised if he finishes in the top four. Well, I think – I mean, you got you got to understand why people are low on him, right? You got he's got to even after that great Tennessee game, he still threw a quarter of his picks after that game on the season. I think it's because of the block C on his helmet. That's what I think. People hyped up uh what's his name that was there four or five years ago that's a coach now was what's his name's coach at Georgia? Uh or is Connor Shaw. People was high on that kid. Connor Lou Doty was, was getting love. Lou Doty got love and he didn't do anything. I think people know on a media day. Luke Doty was kind of uh, in a bad situation. He was hurt off the get go. My my thing with Spencer Rattler, and 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 as a Tennessee fan, he lit us up. Uh, He lit us up. Jared Guantano lit Auburn up one time. It doesn't make him a good quarterback, though. The thing is, is they sat there and watched outside of early in his freshman year. His second year at Oklahoma, he threw 10 touchdowns. Five of them were against Western Carolina. He threw five touchdowns. That's why he got benched. And now he's throwing 17 and 13 games along with 12 interceptions. Like, you got to understand why people are just, like, still in wait-and-see mode uh, with him, right? He's got, he, has the, he has the intangibles oh. uh, that they're looking for, though. Well, the, but Joe Milton does it? When we have a conversation about him, Rob, Rob said Rob Rob was mad that Tennessee's quarterback got love uh, or Carson Beck's love quarterback got love. Look, look, first of all, first of all, we could put, I don't know, a preschooler in the offense up there in the gimmick offense and they'll be fine. It's like Texas Tech. It's the way that it is. It doesn't matter. It's like Texas Tech. You know what what offense are you talking about? The air raid? Will you let me finish, sir? The disciples of Mike Leach and everything else, when you run stuff like Garrett Riley, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I don't know if Garrett Riley is a complete disciple of him, but Garrett Riley runs the air raid. That's what they ran at TCU. That's what you're wanting him to run at Clemson. Not called the air raid, sir. Will you let me finish my point, sir? I'll be happy to go and listen to your podcast where you can sit there and talk about all the great Joe Milton stuff and Tennessee's great, but let me finish my thought here. It wasn't about Milton that I was saying anything. I'm talking about uh, the stuff with the Georgia quarterback where he's thrown for 370 yards in his career. And he was a blue-chip prospect that couldn't get off the bench behind Stetson Bennett. You are so blinded by anything that I say. It has nothing to do with your quarterback. It had more to do with I mean, with you that. mentioned more to yeah, do with what are you talking about. He has more, he has more, uh, more time under center and more... I mean, he's made his bones compared to this guy from Georgia, but everything you see is talking about, man, this Georgia quarterback's going to be the greatest thing ever. That's that's the point I'm making. Stop being so sensitive, sir. You you are terrible with this, and I'll tell you why. You 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 know what? You had a great thing, man, where you guys had a great season, and you have to be told every day that you're still beautiful, even after the season that you had. Bro, you're. You're me riding a 13 interception quarterback, dude. You are, you've been kicked in the face so many times, and I understand that. They're, I'm just uh, balls as as are like balls are like an abused woman. That, yeah. uh, that you're talking about us. You literally made a list today just to show Tennessee wasn't good before last year. You that's the re- literal reason why you made that list, guy. 
No, that is not why I made the list, sir. It was a snapshot of the entire conference. You're not that relevant, sir. It's the entire division. Stop thinking everything is about you. You're not. If special. there was a quarterback, if there was a quarterback at Tennessee that did what that did what Spencer Rattler did last year at Tennessee and had a great game against Florida or a great game against Auburn or somebody like that that was a good 10-11 win team, but he sucked the other 13 games. You would not praise him, but you're praising Spencer Rattler because of your co-host and because of where you work radio. He is not a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback in one game. That's preposterous. First of all, a couple of things. First of all, I don't put anything out there to massage Kale's ego. Kale doesn't need my approval to pump up his team. All right? He doesn't need my approval at all. He so also uh, – we're, we're putting all the eggs in that Tennessee basket. If you forget what he did at Clemson, um, he threw a pick. Threw two picks. He threw two picks in that game and two – one inter, or one touchdown and two picks, dude. Gather my goddamn thoughts. Two pick boy. Little two pick boy. He threw. God, hang the phone on this motherfucker. He's freaking getting on my goddamn nerves. I can't even finish my thoughts without listening to this fucking asshole. Do not let him back on the show again. He's done. He's banned from the show. He threw two picks at Clemson, still yet led that team from come from, from, from behind victory against a team that had not lost a game at home in five fucking years. That's pretty damn legit. I... Once again, with Chris, he just thinks that everyone's out to get Tennessee. He has to be told he's beautiful all the time. Well, it, it won't matter. I don't want him back on here anymore. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, back. I can't even I can't even fucking talk uh, without him having to run his damn trap. Everything's got to be about him. Me, 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 me. And I, I mean, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it. I can understand now why you hung up on the idiot so much. It's fucking yeah, annoying. Well. He is annoying. I, I mean, that, and that's the thing. bullshit. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not, it's the, the thing with him is that it's not a conversation. The, the way that he expects conversations to go is he gets to say all of these great things about Tennessee and Tennessee's the best thing ever. And Joe Milton's going to win the Heisman and Josh Heupel's the best coach in the history of time. If you don't believe that, then you're fucking stupid. That's the, that's the way that he goes. It's the way that he goes. That thing is, that, that thing, thing is down house of cards. Of course it is. It's like I am house of cards. It's going to fall apart soon enough. I, I'm hoping that eventually the NCAA will, will hit them with sanctions because the bullshit that they have and the bullshit that they've done, they should be, I mean, it's stupid. I mean, just stupid. But, you know, we shall see on I, that. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, just a whole lot of people just don't like them. Because they saw the things that they did that they self-imposed, punished themselves with. And other fans of other teams look at that and say, you know, if that was my program, what would they do to us? You know, he, he runs over there. Good luck with your D2 running back. You you got 63 fucking points hung on you the last time you played against South Carolina. You should come with your hat in your fucking hand. It wasn't like it wasn't like a our, you know, our a, division two wide receiver did pretty well against Tennessee too as I remember. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like you uh, 
you, you went in and lost by a couple of touchdowns. You got mouth pumped. You got beat. Man. They beat the shit out of you. And yet you're going to come in here and run your mouth against South Carolina. By the way, a team that, mm, I mean, according to the records here, since like 2010, you're like, you're only one game over 500 against them. And they had Will Muschamp as a coach. Think about that for a minute. Mm, that kind of I throws mean, something into the equation, too. That's wow. Yeah. Two time SEC failure. That's what they had. No TDs for Juice. Okay. Never mind, Ben. He must have, he played terribly in that game. I'm thinking about Clemson. I'm sorry. Same day. Yeah. They, they, uh, Cocky Joe with a good point. He didn't have to score because every fucking body else did. Nine touchdowns. You gave up nine touchdowns. <clears throat> I want to tell the folks in the chat and the other folks who watch this and may watch this on replay, I apologize for my outburst while ago. Why are, you, a- why are you apologizing? Uh, that was just very uh, that was very rude. Not not the part of where I told you to hang up on him, the part where I just kind of lost it a little bit for a minute or two. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm. You shouldn't apologize for that. Fuck that. Pro sports debates going to know, well, what's your thoughts on running back for this year? Uh, yeah. And everybody agrees. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. F that dude. Uh, Thomas says it's understandable. And fucking Clemson fans. are going to agree. Fuck off with all that shit. Well, even he agrees. Yeah. <laughs> even he himself. You're not, okay. apologizing. Fuck it. I'm not apologizing. Fuck you. I'm not apologizing. All right. Uh, Roll Tide says, not going to lie, I got turned on a little bit, jackpot. And then Chris with another dumb comment, I can control your feelings. No, sir, the only thing you run is your mouth. You can't control anything. Just stop it. It's not just you. It's anybody annoying that uh, won't let you get a thought in edgewise, that won't let you finish your thought is annoying. And, yes, that perturbs me. So it's not just you controlling my feelings. It's you and uh, anyone like you. Let me, let me read Jerry's comment. Why won't you guys acknowledge Tennessee cleaned house of the violators? We've talked about that before. Doesn't matter. That yeah, they did. Congratulations. I mean, that's more of the more of the uh, what is it? The self-imposed penalties. We punish ourselves. It doesn't matter. I, I said this several months ago. I said if you got caught smoking uh, in the bathroom at school. And you come home, and uh, you know you're going to have to pay, face the music. And you know that when your dad gets home from work, he's going to beat your ass with your with a belt. Um, would you rather your dad beat your ass with the belt, or would you rather self-impose your own belt whipping? Uh, I'm going to respond to Jerry's comment here. Why punish the innocent, sir? It's not. I'm not talking about the players that are there. I'm talking about the program and the fact that uh, the university had those wins and everything else, and they 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 still had one of the worst ten year periods ever, and they were cheating, obviously, and got caught. You got in trouble, and you have when it comes to this stuff, you got to pay the price. It should be a one year bowl ban. One year bowl ban and and probably a reduction in scholarships over a period of time is what it should be. It probably won't be, 
but that's what it should be. If they were trying to send a message of, Hey, um, you know, what you did was wrong. Shouldn't be that way. They should be with them the way that Mizzou was handled when they had the, the tutor that took tests for students. And then they ended up not going to a bowl game. I mean, you had to get rid of your entire, everyone on your football staff and your athletic as if, director. As if their shitty football program, product could not go to a bowl game itself. Uh, Chris says that's punishing the new players. No, sir. You let those players, they can go and transfer with no penalty. They don't have to stay at a program that cheats and is known for cheating. You're not penalizing them. They can go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. There's plenty of places to go. Your punter decided he'd rather play at Memphis than your shit school. That happened. Their punter transferred so, to Memphis. The, the punter, uh, when they made the coaching change, decided, you know what? I'd rather go finish my career at Memphis than to kick for this shitty school. Wow. So there's that. But they're they they're a cheating ass program. And they should be held accountable for it. Uh, I do agree with the NCAA doesn't have a lot of credibility right now. And then, by the way, if you really want to, uh, now I, I I'm gonna make it really for the Tennessee folks. Here's what you do: you do what North Carolina did when they put so many young men through their pro their African American studies program that have degrees from the University of North Carolina that cannot read. There are some guys that have that. And North Carolina looked at them and basically said, you know what? Yep, we did it. You say anything to me, we're going to sue. And the NCAA backed off. So maybe that's what Tennessee should do. Get you a go to North Carolina, borrow their lawyers, and say, you know what? I am going to... Uh, I'm going to sue if you try to do anything with us. That's, that should be what you should do. Um, what was I? Jeez, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, speaking of North Carolina and then talking about basketball and that, you know, the uh, NBA draft is coming up. Yeah. G.G. Jackson, do you think it's a first-round pick? So I saw I saw a, a mock draft yesterday that had G.G. Jackson going early in the second round to some team. But I also saw, I think it said Hunter Tyson was going too. I thought Hunter Tyson was coming back from Clemson. But G.G. Jackson has had like – he had the, the NBA body last year. So if he can get, yeah. you know, up correctly, he might be fine. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody's gonna get a steal there with him. That's that's he. He's the next Carl Malone. Jackpot. He was a crybaby. Come on now. He, he pissed uh, what, you I mean, off. What is he the, next, uh, the next Chris Paul? Wait, or is he a crybaby? He's gonna be like Carl Malone, where he was like you know having sex with fourteen year olds because Carl Malone did that. Did is he? That, is that what? He do? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Carl Malone like. I had some affair with some 14-year-old or some ridiculous thing. A 14-year-old? Are you serious? Uh, hold on. I'm not joking about this. Hold on. I'll tell you. We'll give you this story right now. Someone had to hear about this. Carl Malone. Oh, I'm Googling it right now. 14. There's like some crazy story about Carl Malone. And is that what it was? Yeah. 
Uh, Jazz Hall of Famer Carl Malone addresses backlash for impregnating a 13-year-old when he was 20. So he was... Oh, yeah. Was I, having, I did hear about that when he was a, a yeah. kid. He also... Um, he also didn't... Uh, he had a son and didn't do shit for him. Just basically like, yeah, I'm your dad, but you're not getting shit. <laughs> That's basically boils down to that so the what, son that he had with the 13 year old i bl- i don't know if it's that son or not hold on let's see here hold on uh yeah uh bell had mentioned the former jazz forward well, this is the kid was not a part of his life so yeah so the young man was when he was at Louisiana Tech, he apparently got with the 13-year-old and had a kid and then was like, yep, I'm going to the NBA and I ain't giving you shit. I mean, he, even Zion Williamson is out there. You know, he, he's he's uh, he's at least paying for, for his kids. Carl Malone's like, nah, fuck all that. I'm going to Utah. Uh, uh, oh, what? Who was that NBA player a few years ago that went on? He, he was out in Las Vegas and he went on like a week long cocaine binge and that went and, and well, that was got, Lamar found him in Lamar, one of those brothels or something. Lamar Odom. Yeah. 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 He like he uh, he was like with one of the Kardashians and then ended up just gone. Yeah. That was a mess. What a mess. Yeah, you get into a um yeah, you get in the NBA, you can go left in a hurry there. All right, final call, final call for calls here. If you want to join the program, uh everyone can get on the program but Chris because Jackpot has banned him. Oh the puppy. Jackpot, what have you named that puppy? Willie. Willie. Okay, there you go. Jackpot's new animal. There you go. With that. anyway, yeah, I'm surprised Jeez, you guys didn't know the Carl Malone story. Holy shit! Uh, Pete says Fulmer should do community service, picking up trash on Highway 321 in front of his shitty sports complex. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Where is this? Uh. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Where the heck's Highway 321? That goes through South Carolina, too. It does. It does. Must go uh, up Jerry in the to also, too. I think it runs where's, through Winsboro. That's pretty shitty. Is your Where's Ziggy? <laughs> Ziggy's there. I heard Ziggy earlier. Ziggy's, uh, Ziggy went uh, back to my bed and got in there. He, was, he got scared when I uh, started yelling at uh, Christian Georgia. Mm. Uh, Brock says Willie is in the girl from the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Huh, interesting. All right. Well, there you go with that. Um, Sunday jackpot. We'll be back at it. We'll have a. Uh, yeah, Bulldog says jackpot got loud and the dog hid. That's, the new, that's, does, that's that's what happened. The new puppy doesn't get upset, right? No. Uh, Z was in her face barking at her tonight, like loud, and she was back barking at him. I mean, it was, uh, 
they kind of got some feelings out and uh, I think it was healthy. It was like a therapy session, shouting session. Hmm. All right. Jerry wants an UTS update. It's making me tired. Yeah. That's all you need to know. There you go. All right. Well, we've had a good show. You guys, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, uh, joining us here on the program. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you very much.